Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Um, I want to read from a few scriptures from Proverbs this morning. So if you have your word with you, go to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11. And it says there in Proverbs 10, 11, that the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. Amen? The words of the, of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The power of our words have the ability to be really like a refreshing fountain to people, to this world. But the words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Verse 19 in the same chapter, it says, this is a good one, too much talk leads to sin. So be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Verse 20, the words of the godly are like sterling silver, but the heart of a fool is worthless. Verse 21, the words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. Some translations for lack of knowledge. Verse 31, the mouth of the godly person gives wise advice. Amen. Amen to that. But the tongue that deceives will be cut off. And finally, verse 32. The lips of the godly speak helpful words, but the mouth of the wicked speaks perverse words. The power of words, our tongues, the power of this little um, organ in our mouth, the power of it. Words are echoing all over the earth all of the time. Amen? Words of life, words of death, words of peace, words of war, words of healing, words of destruction and division, words of victory, words of defeat. There are gazillion billion quarks out there resonating words. Do you know our words have have matter? They cause resonance. They, 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 the, the power of words is incredible. And so, it's all throughout God's Word, he, he tells us, He talks to us about the power of what we say and what we confess. Amen? And there's no doubt that our world is being framed by the words that we speak. The words that we speak will reinforce, and they'll um, produce the outcomes that we experience in life. Amen? I say, I say amen. I don't know if I should be saying amen to that. But they will one way or the other. Amen? And Jesus was, a, he was the master at this. He could locate someone by their words. Amen? He could locate exactly where they were you know, he had divine perception, which I have to pray for and rely on the Holy Ghost for, but Jesus had that divine perception, and he'd comment based on the words that that person spoke that was in front of him. And 
within a sentence or two sentences, he knew exactly the level of faith that that person possessed. Amen? That was enough for him to tell what was going on. So, the power of what we confess shouldn't be underestimated. Amen? You never know who's listening. Hallelujah. Has, have any of you ever heard this when people say, do you know what? It's okay. He was only, he was only um, saying that he didn't really mean it. He just, he just said it. Listen, everything will be fine. He didn't really mean it. Now, the truth is the intention may be so that there wasn't malice or there wasn't any intention to hurt there. But once the tongue releases those words, those words go to work. They go to work. You can't, you can't take them back once they've left the, uh, the door of your mouth. Amen? Is, who's heard this one? Sticks and stones might break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Personally, I believe that couldn't be further from the truth. I know that people meant it in, this, in the case, your words physically can't hurt me. But that's not true, I don't believe. The wounds that are caused by words run deeper than the wounds that are caused by blows. Don't they? You know, the body can heal a wound. The scar tissue begins to form. And the only evidence remaining is just that scar there. But the wounds caused by words can be permanently disabling to people. And sometimes the victim of those words never, never really heals at all. Um, has, anyone, was, has anyone ever been in a situation where words have cut you very deeply? I, think, I don't think there should be a hand that doesn't go up in this place. You've probably, if by the grace of God, if you've, got, if you've never really been that hurt, then praise God. But for many of us, um, we've had to endure some tongue lashings and some brow beating, and, but it's all been words. And it could have been at the hands of a, a parent or a teacher or someone in authority or a sibling or a friend. Amen. There's only one thing that can heal those really deep wounds that words cause, and it's the balm of Gilead. It's Jesus. He's the only one that can really heal those wounds. So the words that we confess, they have the power to bind or to loose ourselves and other people as well. So how do they bind us? The power of positive and negative confession. Well, how, does, how do our words bind us? Well, it's like we construct our world with the words we speak. Has anyone, anyone got kids that play that game Minecraft or something? I'm aware of it because, you know, they, 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 they build things just out of nothing. It's like Lego blocks. They build all these things and they create buildings and gardens and all of these kind of thing. But we essentially construct our lives by the words that we speak. Now, maybe that's self-talk, but it can also be by the words that are spoken over you, the words that other people are speaking around you. Amen? So we can be bound like that, or we can be loosed into our full potential. 
And I see all of you as like full of potential this morning, like bursting with potential. I see, I see you as soul winners, see you as evangelists, I see you as, 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 as greeters, as, as disciplers, all of these things. You're all sitting in this place this morning full of incredible potential. We feel there full of incredible potential. Now, I look at him and I think, he's not going to do much at the moment, you know. He's not going to, you know, but he's going to grow, develop, and he's, he's, um, he's going to um, do amazing things in the kingdom of God. So we go, these are the kind of words that we speak now to loose life into Theo's life. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. Amen. So the words that were spoken by these two guys, do you know these two guys, Joshua and Caleb? They were words of deliverance for a whole nation. A whole nation. But the words of the masses resisted the words that they spoke and contradicted the words that they spoke. The very words that God was behind, the masses came against that. Does that sound familiar? The, the you know, the, uh, the majority, the moral majority. When God gives you a word, it's, it's God's word. doesn't matter how moral someone thinks they are. God's word is the ultimate authority and the truth. Because we can all, uh, we can all have our own morality. The word says that in the last days, people will call good evil and evil good. So that shows you people have their own moral compass. But the ultimate authority and the truth is God's word. Are we grasshoppers or are we conquerors? Because that's what Caleb and Joshua went in to see. What's going on here? This is the land that God promised to us. Amen? And it took, it took the death of a whole generation of doubters and naysayers before God's people entered their promise. Eh? That, how long did it take for a generation to die off? It took a long time. It took a long time. So God is really saying to us all through his word from Genesis to Revelation, what way do you want it to be? Which way do you want it to be? And I say, for, as for me and my house, to the best, by God's grace, we will serve the Lord. As in this house, by God's house, that we will serve the Lord. Amen? We want the better way. We must have God's word in our spirits. And how do we get God's word in our spirits? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. Amen? So we get God's word in our spirits by repeatedly and persistently hearing God's word. Amen? And then what do we do after that? We align the words that we speak with this book here, all right? Do you think that's the end of it? Still something missing, still a missing ingredient. We believe, we speak, and then we act. Amen? We act. So once the, you know, a lot of people struggle. You know, I, 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 I just, I don't, you know, I just can't do it. I don't do it. I'm not able to do it. I'm too weak. I'm too scared. I'm, you know, my faith is weak. Whatever the case may be, there's lots of things that people say. 
It's like, it, it's okay for you, Pastor David, because it, you, it seems to just happen automatically for you. It doesn't happen automatically for me. <laughs> it doesn't. Far from it. Far from it. But when the Word of God is lodged, lodged, like, comes, like a lodger comes in, makes, it, makes itself at home in your life, then things become automatic. Once it's in there, your life really does become automatic because it's like just like a natural thing. God's Word is in me, so I'll follow it. Amen? Luke 18.8 says that when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistent faith in the earth? I think that means when I come back, will I still find you feeding yourself with the Word of God? Amen? Now, so back to the tongue. This is, this is something we have to work at taming every single day. We've got to work on taming our tongues. Amen? So I want to read in James 3 from verse 1. Go to James 3 verse 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, isn't that for sure? For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Incredible words. If we could control our tongues, we'd be perfect in every way, and we would be able to have self-control or control ourselves. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And I know that there's some riders here that will tell you that. That never worked for me. I've tried it. The horse does not go where I point it. It goes for trees with thorns on. I learned the hard way. But it says, a large horse can go wherever you want it by means of a small bit. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn whenever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. You know, you think about, a, think about an ocean liner that weighs about half a million tons or something. I don't know, I'm guessing. And it's got this little rudder at the back, and the captain of the ship turns the rudder, and the ship, does this, does the, do those ships turn on a sixpence? No. I mean, it takes a long time. The captain's got to, he's got to be well ahead of the game. It's like, that's where we're going. I'm not making a last minute, here's a, take a left, captain. It takes a long time. And we should also understand that this, this turning, this change takes place over a period of time. The tongue has to be brought under control, and it takes time. Amen? But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body, and it can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Amen? It goes on to say that people can tame all kinds of animals, etc., but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless, and it's evil, and it's full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises God our Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. Surely this is not right, my brothers and sisters. Amen? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. 
So this, this here, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Whatever we confess, our confession is so important. You know that confession is usually the first step to changing anything. It's one of those first steps. We know that we must believe in our heart, but what do we have to do then? We have to confess. You know, if we, has anyone been forgiven in this place? What did you have to do before you were forgiven? You had to confess. Yeah? To, is there anyone saved? Before we were saved, what did we have to do? We had to confess. To uphold the truth, what do we have to do? Confess. Amen? So truth exists, but so does denial of the truth. Amen? If we deny, whether by in our hearts or with our words, if we deny that we've been wounded, how will we ever be healed? If we deny that we've broken the law, how will we ever be pardoned? If we deny that we've sinned and, we, and caused hurt and pain, how will we ever be forgiven? So much rests in, the, in our confession. Amen. And what does confession mean? Confession simply means to speak the same thing as God himself does. Hallelujah. It just means coming into agreement with him, family. That's what it means. When we say, I'm sorry, and we acknowledge our own wrongdoings, we admit those things, we begin to embrace one of the key hallmarks of Christianity. It's called humility. And humility gives you good health, good spiritual health. Amen. It not only restores our relationships with others, but it restores our relationship with God. So if you're having problems in your life with regard, in regards to relationships, perhaps have a look at your words. Are they humble? Are they, hum are they, are they seasoned with humility? Amen? You know, if we have the sin of the pride of life the Word talks about, that one of the things that, that that sin is about is a lack of humility. A lack of humility. Amen? So, we've all made professions of our faith, and when we profess our faith, it's just all that means it's an open declaration of what we believe. It's voluntary. But it's different when we confess our faith. When we confess our faith, what we're doing is we're changing the conviction that is in us. Amen? Because we all have convictions and beliefs, and I, I hold this position... And when we confess our faith, what we are doing is changing our own convictions. No matter what convictions you've got, how long you've had those convictions, what, the, uh, you know, what they are, what they're all about, when we confess, we're changing our conviction. We're yielding to the truth. We're yielding to Jesus we're, because he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so when we confess in line with God's word, we're yielding to the truth, amen? And it's like the Philippians, they were, they were very secure in their position as citizens of Rome. And Paul had to write to them, and he says, listen, 
you're, you're convinced that you're citizens of Rome, but I want to change your perspective. I want to let you know you have now become citizens of heaven. You might, you might think you're the subjects of Rome, but you're citizens of heaven is writing to the church in Philippi. Amen? And so it's like Jesus wants us to change our conviction. God wants us to change our perspective and see things through a different lens. Amen? And so when we do that, when we find or see life through a different lens, it reveals our identity in Christ Jesus. And then we shift our perspective onto him, and the peace that we've been missing all along begins to appear. And the fulfillment that life seems to lack seems to all of a sudden begin to materialize. Amen? So, by our words we are vindicated, or by our words we are condemned. Our words validate things, or they disqualify us from things. Amen? In Matthew 12, verse 33, it says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, because a tree is known by its fruit. Amen? What sort of fruit do you want in your life? Amen? And he says, you, these are red letters, so these are Jesus' words. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Because out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. Yeah? So if you've got good treasure in your heart, good things will come out of it. You know, when, you, when, you, when you've got all those pent-up resentments and emotions and stuff, and they've been simmering away there for a little while, and you're just waiting for the trigger, and the next minute you have a big blow-up with your loved one because a few things irritated you or frustrated you, and they've been cooking in your heart, and then the trigger comes. And then what happens then? We usually say things that are hurting. That Maybe we say, oh, I didn't mean that. But the word says that we will be held accountable for every idle word that we speak. That means that for every useless word, for every word that is good for nothing, we'll be held accountable for that. Amen? We'll be justified by our words and condemned by our words. Amen? So, when we speak in accordance with God's word, we seed our hearts with good seed. Amen? Good seed. And I forgot, to, this morning I left home and I knew I'd forgotten something, but I've got a bird feeder in my garden and I was going to bring in a bag of bird seed <laughs> and I was going to walk around and just let all of you take a seed from the bag and hold it in your hand. Um, and uh, we'll get on to why I was going to do that in a minute. But you know, seeds always produce fruit after their own kind, don't they? Has anyone ever seen seed potatoes producing banana plants? Yeah? Can you imagine driving down um, a Drossen uh, North Shore and all those tatty fields there are banana palms? It's like, whoa, what, we've just been teleported into paradise. No, the, the, those seed potatoes produce potatoes. Amen? So our ears... They're pretty close to our mouths, all right? Do you think your ears can hear what you say? 
Yeah, we hear our own words. We hear the words that other speak, people say. So Proverbs, 4, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in your heart for their life to those who find them and their health to all their flesh. I take that as health, health, physical health, biological health. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. You know, what we feed, what we feed ourselves, what we feed the words, what we feed ourselves is going to have an impact. If we feed our faith, then our fears will starve to death. If we feed our faith, our fears will starve to death. But if we feed our fears by our words, we'll never walk into God's perfect will, plan, and purpose for our lives. If we meditate on the negative, we'll reap what? Ne we'll reap negative results, amen? Yeah, and I don't know about you guys, but, you know, daydreaming, meditation, all those things. How many people just like to ponder during the day? How often does that pondering, how often is that pondering edifying and life-giving and encouraging? Or how often does it quickly turn to the six o'clock news or the morning news or whatever that is and we begin to, oh, oh my, oh, what about that? What about that? So our places of wherever we give time to think and ponder and meditate, it's important. Lots, there's lots of things going on there. But we've got faith, the gift of faith in our hearts. You don't want faith to flit upstairs because when the faith goes from your heart and it goes to your head, what happens? It has to contend with all of the stuff of the mind. Faith is of the heart. That's where our faith is. Amen? God intended faith to be a heart thing, not a mind thing. We take faith into, into the metaphysical realm, and we think it's going to work. It'll never work in the metaphysical realm. Faith is of the heart. You believe with your heart. Amen? You're totally convinced. You're totally convinced in your heart. Your mind cannot reason all the things that God has for you and all the things is that your mind can't reason it. Amen? So there's lots of unfruitful things up here in the corridors of our mind. So faith has to stay in our heart. What helps us? Washing our mind. Renewing our mind by the washing of the water of the Word. That's the key to our faith being unhindered that's the key to us being able to pursue rich harvests. Amen? You still have rich harvests ahead of you. Amen, Jan, Joyce. You still have rich harvests ahead of you. Amen? Amen? You know, does everyone remember Pastor Chris Musgrove? Some of you might. You, you, one day you might have the, the exciting privilege of meeting him because he's, he's like he's on, he's on like, not literally, but he behaves like he's on 10 cans of Red Bull at a time just has boundless energy. But someone said to him one time, Chris, you've just been brainwashed by all of that. 
word stuff. And Chris says, you're right, I've been brainwashed. My brain needed washing. My brain needed cleansing. My brain needed a reset. Amen? So he was 100% brainwashed because our minds get contaminated with the things of the world. Amen? What causes our faith to flounder? What causes our faith to fail? What causes our faith to die off? Words, reports, negative reports, like the report that came back. We are never going in there. Those guys are giants. And you can believe all you want. To believe for something is one thing. I'm going to put a question to you now. To believe for something is one thing, but to have faith for it is another thing altogether. Show of hands, who believed the sea parted for the people of God to walk through to escape the pursuit of Pharaoh? I believe it. I believe. I've studied on it a bit. I do, I do, I do, I, I, do, I do find it interesting, all the different views on that. All right. If you were in the same position as Moses that day, could you have faith for the parting of the sea? Now, you put your hand up and you said you believed it happened. But if you were standing where that Red Sea crossing was, would you have faith for the parting of that sea? Amen? But you know what? Let's not be hard on ourselves today. We must accept that there are sometimes going to be disappointments, letdowns, failures. I've had, I've had thousands and I'm still having them. But I've got to understand something. It's not my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that's failed. He's ne he never fails. This word never fails. I have failed multitude of times. Amen? He died, Jesus died on the cross to ensure that every believer would have a voice of victory. You, you are the possessor of a voice of victory. And he died to give you that right. Amen? He died to give you that right. God's Word, the Bible says, will never return to Him void. And who is the Word anyway? Jesus. He was the Word at the beginning. He spoke, and creation was created. He is, so God's Word will not return void. Every seed contains a harvest, and His words are the seed. Amen? You'll find that in Isaiah 55, 11. My words will not return to me void. They shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I know that scripture off by heart because my sister-in-law, Sarah, put post-it notes all over her car. And then we inherited her car. And everywhere you looked, there was a post-it note with a scripture. So I pulled the visor down and Isaiah 55, on the sun visor. I'm like, thank you, Sarah. My word will not return to me void. And the other one was for weary's workmanship. I was like, great. But doesn't he, when you keep his word in front of you every day, that's why I know the word. And God wants us to know the word. He wants you to be able to speak the word in season and out of season. He wants you to speak the word at opportune times. How many, how many of us have felt terrible because we, didn't, we felt like we didn't have the words to say? You're standing in a hospital corridor. You're standing outside of a funeral tea. You're standing in a school classroom. You're standing in your place of work where someone's been unfairly dismissed. And you feel, I have, I'm lost for words. 
But God has a word for everything. And when we just soak his words into our spirit every day by meditating on his word, we'll find ourselves standing in that hospital corridor and all of a sudden, a word of life will come out of our spirit and we'll speak it to the people. And the people will say, ah, I needed that today. That has made all the difference in my life. Amen? If you had that seed that I gave you, that, that pretend seeds, imagine, in your hand this morning, when you look into your palm of your hand, what would you see? Tell me what you see in your hand. I gave you all a seed, a bird seed. What do you see in your hand? Is this that he's trying to catch us out? You can see the seed or you can see a harvest. You can see, you can see a seed or you can see a harvest. If there is a seed, there must be a harvest. It's only a matter of time. The only way the seed can die is if the seed is thrown into an environment where it cannot live. Amen? So, you remember that one, all the different types of soil. But if, if Satan can take the seed, which is the word, then he'll, he's essentially taking your faith. Can God help you if you have no faith? He can't help you if, if you have no faith. You must have faith. When um, the man, and now who was it? Was it Peter or Paul? Can't remember. He walked past the man and he said, uh, uh, he discerned that the man, although the man was paralyzed, Paul said, I sense you have faith. So the man had the gift of faith, even though he was still paralyzed, but the faith had not come into, had not borne fruit until he came across his path and said, okay, I see you have faith, now walk. And he, he was, at that instant, he was healed. Amen? I know it sounds awful because we trust God to help us in times when our faith is weak. But if we go outside of God's word, he's, he's under no obligation to respond to us. It's by his grace, I think, that we get by sometimes. By his grace. Amen? He's only bound by whatever he speaks, by whatever he says. Amen? His word, his word says, I place my word even above my name. If my words are no good, if David McLaughlin's words are no good, then my name is no good. And God is essentially saying that. If my words are not, will not work, then I place them even above my name. Amen? It must be God's word in our hearts that's the source of, source of our strength, victory, power, and joy. Amen? Hallelujah. Can you take another scripture in Romans 10? The righteousness of faith, 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 faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven or who will descend into the abyss. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith that you preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Amen. 
There's only one confession in existence today that will ensure that you have eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's that confession. You can come up with any mantra, saying, whatever you like. There's only one confession that will ensure that you walk into heaven one day, and that is, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? So, God's Word is always like seed in our hearts and then in our mouths, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Seeds always carry divine life. And it was the red letters again that Jesus said to the apostles in Luke 17, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Amen? It would obey you. So this mustard seed is already has the power of life in it. Amen? We don't have to, sometimes we try and understand the seed, but I'm not a biologist or a scientist. All I know is that there is complex creation ability in that seed. It's created and programmed to produce after its own kind. I don't have the power for the seed to give life. I only have the power to sow the seed that gives life. Amen? Do you understand that? So, and then for homework, you can go to Mark 4, 15 to 20, read about the wayside, the thorny ground, the stony ground, and the good ground. But faith is all about sowing those seeds, speaking first, and then acting upon what we've spoken. Amen? So, what does the actual work? What is it that does the work? It's the, our words. Our words do the work. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4.13, we've got the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. Amen? So if you're holding a potato seed this morning, you're holding a potato crop. The seed is evidence that you have a potato crop. The seed is the evidence of that which you have not yet seen, but it's a crop and it's in your hand. So what is it that changes? What changes is whatever you speak to, the power of positive confession. Whatever changes is what you speak to. Why will it work? Because God said it would. God said it will work. If you have faith and you pull up this mulberry tree and you plant it, he said it would work. Now, here's a big one. Let's, we're closing with this. Go away and med meditate on this. See that mulberry tree or that problem or that issue? Who will it obey? Who will it obey? It will obey you. What did Jesus say? If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. He's talking to his disciples. It's like, Lord, make this thing obey you. Make my son, make my wayward son, daughter, friend, boss, make them, you know, make this situation turn around. What did Jesus say? It will obey you. Amen. And the only thing that we need to do now, 
is not dig up our seeds by speaking things that are foolish, that are negative, that go against our faith. And the other thing is, don't get impatient. When you put that potato in the ground, do you get your crop the next day? Sometimes we want to dig up our field to see what's happening. And God is saying, no, 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 it's not time. Just be patient. Because if you're patient, you will inherit the promise. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.